Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and the Voice of Prophecy speaker, H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. sun shines bright, the clouds have been rolled away, for the Savior said, whosoever will, may come with him to stay. Whosoever surely meaneth me, surely meaneth me, oh surely meaneth me, Whosoever surely meaneth me, whosoever meaneth me. Oh, what wonderful love, oh, what grace divine, that Jesus should die for me. I was lost in sin, for the world I pined, but now I am set free. Whosoever surely meaneth me, surely meaneth me, oh, surely meaneth me. Whosoever surely meaneth me, whosoever meaneth me. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy mercies which are new every day, and we pray that Thou wilt bless every listener just now, in Christ's name. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, hold us who bow before Thee Near to the heart of God. Amen. 
Brad Braley has a special treat for us now. Seated at the four-manual console of the SD pipe organ at the White Memorial Church, he plays a portion of Now Thank We All Our God by Carg Ehlert.
one who needs comfort in a time of sore trial, Miss Del Delker sings this assurance. God understands. God understands your sorrow. He sees the falling tear and whispers Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker, whose subject is War with the Red Empire. In the twelfth chapter of the book of Revelation, we read a startling prophecy of war with the Red Empire. We begin with the very first verse. There appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, traveling in birth and pain, to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And he stood before the woman that was to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. These symbols are recognized by the students of Scripture everywhere to represent the church, the woman. The great red dragon in verse 9 is said to be the devil, and the man-child, Jesus Christ. These symbols are sustained by Scripture everywhere, and there's no doubt about them. Red, by the way, was the color of the Roman Empire, its banners, the colors worn by its emperors, its consuls, and its generals. And it was through the Roman Empire that Satan opposed the church in the early days of its founding. In the great controversy between Christ and Satan, 
The enemy knew that if he did not overcome the promised seed while he was manifested here on earth as a man, eventually he himself must be destroyed. So from the very beginning, he tried to destroy that seed. In Genesis 3.15, we have the very first gospel sermon in all the Bible. And here we find the promise that the seed of the woman should bruise the serpent's head. Satan believes the Bible, and that's what some people do not do. And so he tried to destroy this seed by causing Cain to kill his brother Abel, a loyal follower of God, through whom he must have suspected the seed might come. Also, the whole antediluvian world was destroyed, except Noah and the others in the ark. And so the seed was preserved again, Genesis, the sixth chapter. During the days of Egyptian bondage, Satan, through Pharaoh, attempted to destroy every male child that the seed might be obliterated. But because of a baby's cry, the Egyptian princess brought up the deliverer of Israel in the very court of Pharaoh himself. In the days of Israel's monarchy, the line of David once hung upon the thread of a single life. As we read in Second Chronicles, the 22nd chapter, the little baby Joash. Again in the days of the Persian kingdom, Satan, working through wicked Haman, nearly succeeded in wiping out the captives of Israel. Third chapter of Esther. But at last, when the word made flesh, John 1.14, came to this earth, Satan made an attempt through Herod to destroy the newborn king of the Jews by killing all the children of Bethlehem, two years old and under, Matthew, the second chapter. Still the dragon power dogged the steps of Jesus through his life, attempted to push him off a cliff at Nazareth, to drown him in the Sea of Galilee, destroy him by mob action. Finally, his betrayal and crucifixion were successfully consummated. But it was not possible for the grave to hold him. He arose triumphant over death. How was this promised man-child finally delivered from the power and presence of the dragon? And her child was caught up unto God into his throne. Satan's work as the great red dragon has always been through human agencies, especially in this prophecy it was through the pagan Roman Empire. But now here comes a sudden change in the symbolism of the prophecy, beginning with verse 7. There was war in heaven, says the prophet, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels cast out with him. The vision is interrupted in order to explain in greater detail how the war between Christ and Satan began. Two of the Old Testament prophets, Isaiah and Ezekiel, tell us where and how and why the fall of Lucifer, now called Satan, took place. That's Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. The word Lucifer means shining one, day star. He was a creature of surpassing beauty created by God. Ezekiel 28, 12. He was the anointed cherub that covereth. His position was right by the throne of God itself. And now comes the diagnosis of Lucifer's sin. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. Verse 17. Isaiah says, Thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the Most High. Isaiah 14, 13. Because of his pride and rebellion, Lucifer was cast out of heaven and carried with him about one-third of the heavenly host. Jesus said, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Luke 10, 18. No longer is he called the morning star, but devil and Satan. 
appropriate names they are because they mean accuser and adversary. He deceives the whole world, we're told right here in Revelation, the 12th chapter. When he was cast out, there was rejoicing in heaven, verse 12. And the unfallen inhabitants of heaven had real cause for joy. The rebel was gone. The disharmony which he had created in heaven, resulting subversive activities, bringing sorrow to the place of happiness, was gone. But what about earth? Listen now, verse 12. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath. Why? Because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. My friends, this great controversy and conflict is on now. But how are the followers of God upon this earth to resist his attacks? And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Verse 11. These are the two weapons that we must use in this spiritual conflict. For the apostle warns us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians 6.12. The blood of the Lamb is our weapon against the wiles and deceptions of Satan. There's power in the blood to cleanse the sinner, to protect God's children. In this faith in the atoning blood of Christ Jesus upon the cross, we find salvation and victory and power to live for God. The second weapon is the word of their testimony. Jesus said, Therefore, whosoever shall confess me before men... Him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Matthew ten, twelve. When following his expulsion from heaven, the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth. Against whom did he direct his wrath? Verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. When Jesus was taken away from this earth, Satan's wrath could no longer be vented on him. He turned it upon the infant church. Terrible persecution came through the red empire of pagan Rome and on to the centuries that followed. What refuge from the wrath of the dragon was provided for the woman, the church? We find the answer in Revelation 12, 6 and 14. She fled into the wilderness where a place was prepared for her, where they should feed her a thousand two hundred three score days. Or a time, times, and half a time as it's called. This is the 1260 days or literal years of tribulation beginning in 538 A.D. at the final setting up of the efficient, effectual union of church and state, to 1798 at the close of the French Revolution. When God took ancient Israel out of Pharaoh's persecutions into the wilderness for 40 years, he said, I bear you on eagles' wings, Exodus 19.4. They found shelter in the desert. And those same words are used here in Revelation of the church. Under the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she's nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the face of the serpent. So God cared for his church through those ages of persecution. Revelation 12, 15, and 16 speaks of the dragon casting water out of his mouth as a flood to destroy the woman, the church. But the earth helped the woman and swallowed up the flood. This dramatically pictures the attempts by military and other means to destroy true Christian faith in the earth. The earth helped the woman. These floods or armies were absorbed. The years went by, and there were three parts of the world in which Bible-believing, faithful Christians persisted through many dark centuries. On the eastern edges of the Roman Empire, second in the Waldensian valleys of western Italy, and eastern France, third in the Celtic Church of the British Isles, Ireland, Wales, Cornwall, Scotland, and northern England particularly. 
on the island of Columba, island of Iona, where Columba with others held up the light, was one place. There is much about this wilderness church that scholars are just now digging out of ancient records. It was of the Waldensian forerunners of the Reformation in the mountains of the Alps that John Milton wrote when he said, Who kept thy truth so pure of old, when all our fathers worshipped stocks and stones? We must pass over page after page of historical fulfillment, come right down to our own days. The great war with the Red Empire spiritually is still continuing. Satan still works through human powers and agencies. What is his final attack upon God's people? What is it? Just before the second coming of Christ, hear the words of the prophecy, Revelation 12:17, the last verse of the chapter. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Friends, this is the last conflict. The remnant is the last. It bears the same marks as the church of the wilderness, which was the direct descendant of the apostolic church, and is a church proclaiming the gospel of the grace of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. Obedience to the commandments of God, faith, grace, these things Satan hates and fights. We may know that the victory will be ours in the end, we who obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 and 10. The victory is certain to the woman and her seed, for Jesus Christ is that seed, and he will be victorious eternally, and soon he will come to take his church to himself. Christ is coming, let creation bid her groans and travel cease. Let the glorious proclamation hope restore and faith increase. Christ is coming, Christ is coming. Come, the blessed Prince of Peace. Come, the blessed Prince of Peace. With that blessed hope before us, let no harp remain unstrung. Let the mighty advent chorus Onward roll from tongue to tongue Christ is coming, Christ is coming Come, Lord Jesus, quickly come Come, come Lord Jesus, quickly How thankful we are that the light of God still shines on us. Let us continue to look to our source of light and go forward in faith. Have faith in God. Through tension, stress, and din, have faith in God for victory over sin. Have faith in God, and so the conflict win. 
Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope this program has served to give you spiritual strength for the week, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. Now, friends, we hope that you will not forget to write for your own copy of the 1958 Voice of Prophecy calendar. It's yours for the asking. Write for your copy of our calendar. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.